Yo, what is going on my friends? It's your boy, the protagonist of professional wrestling, Hustle Malone. Welcome back to another episode of the Show Day Podcast. A very special episode for you this week. A spotlight, a focus on weight loss and weight training and physique and that kind of thing with my friend LK Mezinger. LK came to me with this idea because this is something that me and him as two larger guys on the on the wrestling scene although it doesn't really feel like that anymore uh we've always exchanged ideas and checked up on each other and stuff on show day back when that used to be a thing and seeing how much work he's put in during this covid time this this weird period of history uh as have i we thought uh, well, LK thought it'd be a good idea to catch up, to share some things, because in, in his words, even though he's not finished, there are still a lot of things that he's done and experienced that can help a lot of people out there. Whether you are a professional wrestler or you're not, we've all been kind of thrown into this situation where you go, well, do you know what? Maybe I should have some things in my home to help me get in shape. Maybe I don't need the perfect scenario to be able to make it happen or maybe I can create the perfect scenario to make these things happen um it's funny I I record this intro as there are tweets throwing around the timeline at the minute talking about weight loss and transformations and physique and things coming back and for as proud as I am for all the work and, and effort that I've put in during COVID you know I'm I'm 50 pounds lighter I fully uh, recovered my shoulder injury. That's that's all rehabbed and, and feeling good. I'm back in the ring and training. Like I said, the best shape I've been in, at the very least, my entire wrestling career. But probably the best shape I've been in for f- maybe 15 years. That's Jesus, I've never said that out loud. That's quite crazy. But despite all of that, I think it's I think it's insane. I think it's alien to imagine that you would look like John Morrison after 14 months, regardless of your starting point. As if you're supposed to look like John Morrison or Ricochet after just over a year, regardless of where you started from, right? As if we all expected this to last 14 months. Um, I guess just a disclaimer that I'll put up top here, mental health has driven to the absolute depths of nothingness over this COVID time. Please do not think that you had to have done anything with yourself or, or gotten in incredible shape to be able to do this thing, please don't take me and LK's conversation as a victory lap because it's definitely not. We say throughout this podcast that we're grateful for the progress that we've made and we're not done. And, you know, me and LK, we started in wrestling. Uh, you know, we weren't one of the lucky few who started when we were like 12. Um, we started a little bit later on in the game. We're very grateful for everything that we've been able to do, but it's never too late to start. Um, just because you didn't, you know, lockdown one, you didn't start banging out the press up straight away. That's absolutely fine. Um, as they say, the best time to plant a tree would have been 20 years ago. The second best time is right now. So I hope if uh, if you are on some sort of transformation or look journey, 
I hope this is, you know, inspiration for you and I hope it keeps the flame going. And if you haven't had a journey like that, or if you've wanted a journey like that, then I hope this is enough to let you know, you know, the journey can still start today. Maybe this is the thing that you tell in your story six months, a year, two years down the line. You go, do you know what? I, I was teetering on the edge and then I listened to a conversation by two awful wrestlers. Anyway, um, and I would love to, side note here, I'd love to get LK Mezinger back on uh, for more of these, I guess, career retrospective chatting about goals, chatting about what's going on in the scene and stuff like that. And if you haven't already listened to it, I did a 100-question extravaganza with LK Mezinger, Elijah, Charles Crowley, and Kyle Kingsley, which is ridiculous and a completely different tone to this one. That is also on the Show Day podcast. So, uh, yeah, without further ado, here is our weight loss spotlight, our training spotlight with LK Mezinger. Check it out. LK Mezinger, how you doing? Good, man. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Did you just take a little bit of your vape? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you came in like, yeah, I'm good. I was I... expecting you to do a longer intro, so I muted myself. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no I, I do that externally, but I quite like, I was like, you're either vaping or you're, you're, you just come up from scuba. <laughs> I was definitely vaping. You just tipped your head out of the pool. Uh I've seen you a little bit at the progress tapings. First of all, congratulations on that. How was that Thank for you? Thank you. Oh man, uh, probably the most nervous I've been since uh, I debuted. To be honest, like especially like going from not only like having a whole year of like wrestling, but predominantly being like a tag team wrestler, uh, mm. not having like that many singles matches, being thrown into a progress debut in a singles match after a year off with like barely any ring time, like a couple of sessions I managed to get in before those tapings, before everything like got locked down again. That was like really stressful, <laughs> but it was fun. Well, so, no, well, you smashed it. People seem very happy with it, mate. Um, Thank you, man. Outside of, like you said, the odd session here and there where we can, how have you spent your time during COVID? Um, so the first lockdown, I absolutely just hammered the home workouts because I was absolutely refusing to not so much like get out of shape, but like get into the shape of round man again. Um, so I, uh, I spent a lot of it doing like a lot of DDP yoga and I've managed to source like some weights and stuff and just tried to do what I could with that really. I'm assuming like most people have, it's, but it's getting to the point now where it's like, I'm still doing it at home, but the motivation is like slowly, slowly going away because it's taking so long to get back to like, even just having the gyms open, especially in Wales, man, we haven't got any answers yet, you know? So it's like, it's really hard to like keep that drive going, you know? A Wales not on the, uh, I guess, crap little roadmap that England are on. No, not at all. So uh, you guys just don't have any answers yet. Not really, man. Like um, I know that close contact services open up back in Wales on the twelfth of April. I think non-essential shops open up like a couple of days after that. But they've said pretty much uh, nothing about like gyms and stuff, which I think is ridiculous because. Um, I think Public Health Wales did a study back like in November and December and they they published it a couple of weeks ago and they found that the gyms were posed no more of a risk to 
like uh, infections and stuff than mm. supermarkets. And they basically said that they could have been open alongside supermarkets this entire time. Wow. And the Welsh, the Welsh government are ignoring their own public health board and they're just like maybe in May. <laughs> so it's, wow. yeah, it's really, it's really frustrating to see. I can imagine that's a really hard one. Have you? Um, and we'll definitely touch on the the fitness and stuff like. We'll definitely touch on that in a minute. Um, any TV shows you watched? Any games that you've played? Oh man. Okay. You. I really got to rack my brain now. I'm pretty sure I've watched uh, The Office all the way through at least three times. Uh, during three times during COVID. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Um, uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake came out last year, mm. which the first part of that, which I waited for for a, a million years, and that was like the best thing ever. Um, and I'm absolutely dying for the second part now. Um, what else? Have I, I've played a lot of games, man. Especially over the last couple of months, I've really been hammering like JRPGs and things, and like mm. working my way through like some of the Final Fantasy games I haven't played for years as well. So yeah, a lot of stuff. I'm trying to remember, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you think you've? Which game do you think you put the most amount of hours into? Oh, I can tell you that right now because I I've put over two thousand hours into the Binding of Isaac since I've owned it. You meant yeah, you've mentioned that one when I had you on the uh, the one hundred questions of Doom a little while ago with the other yeah. Um, two thousand hours. Yeah, it, something like that. I can check my Steam for you really really quick. Is um, two thousand hours? Is that okay? For context. Uh, I, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know a lot about this game. Um, yeah. How many of the hours of those hours is the main story, and how much of that is just kind of cracking away? So the way that game works is you have like a selection of maybe it's probably about eleven or twelve characters now, and each run is randomly generated. So it's not so much like there's an overall story, but it's like per character, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, but if you're good enough at the game, you, a run can only last like. 15 minutes if that it depends on like the the items you get and the power-ups you get and stuff throughout the mm -hmm. game so the reason i got so many hours in it besides me just loving that game um is because on pc what i tend to do is i'll split my screen in half so i'll have netflix running one side and then i'll just like mindlessly play the binding mm -hmm. of isaac on the other side so i've like just marathon shows whilst just playing isaac basically because uh, it's just easy to play like especially because i've played it so much now <laughs> 2,000 hours and the game can be about 50. My word, mate. Yeah. I, that is, uh, that's seriously impressive. You should try and do like one of them speed runs. Oh, man. Uh, I. Like I, I like to think that I'm pretty good at the game. Like I can, I can make any run work and probably finish it right. But watching like people actually speed run that game is just insane. <laughs> like I would never be able to get to that level. I don't think. I watched uh, the YouTuber Curtis Connor did a video where he just wanted any speedrun record. He didn't care what it was. And he was like, yeah. oh, I just bought Hitman 3. That's pretty new. I wonder what the record is for that. And he looked up one of the levels and it was six seconds. And the guy, the guy starts the game with like a rocket launcher, takes two steps forward and just goes oh, like that. And it's the game's over already. And he's like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> some of the there's like some speed runs out there that are like so ridiculously fast i don't understand how anybody's ever been able to like <laughs> top them like there was that one oh, i can't remember the name of the level but there's a, a golden eye uh, speed run that got beaten recently and it took them like 15 years to beat it because of how like 
lucky you've got to be to get this exact boost at the exact right time to like beat that level by one second <laughs> and it's just the dedication is just insane i was i was gonna say i love that you said golden eye and recently and those yeah. aren't two normal <laughs> yeah. um, one thing i do want to talk about which you kind of mentioned just before we started recording which we didn't get to talk about um you're a fan of uh like jacksepticeye and markiplier yeah man man they I just really love watching uh, watching them play games. It's just really fun. I love me some three scary games. Oh man, three scary games is great. Um, like Jacksepticeye just started playing um, at Dead of Night, which I watched all the way through with Markiplier uh, the other day, purely because I saw Jacksepticeye drop the first episode and he didn't release any more after that. So I was like, <laughs> I, need, I need to find like a full run because this game looks super, mm. super like cool. And luckily, like. Mark player done one which i was really happy about because i just really like his voice his voice is just so nice hello my name is markiplier oh yeah God. what a voice right yeah unreal man like how he must have done some like voice acting at some point right because if he hasn't like people are missing out because he, he must is... oh yeah oh. well i've got i've got a theory right this isn't based in any real logic but i've got a theory a couple of or like last week or something markiplier said i'm going to take a couple of weeks off because uh, I've got a big project, I've got a really big project, and I'm acting in it, and uh, yeah, and I'm and I'm excited, and I got to put some time in. In like November, mm. there was a tweet from a director that said the Five Nights at Freddy movie is filming next April. Oh no way, mate! I didn't know that. If he if he's in it, that's the perfect. You know what I mean? That's the perfect yeah. crossing of worlds. Literally, it's like the best synergy, isn't it? He made that game. Like, like it was a great game don't get me wrong it's a great game but he rocket launched that game yeah yeah definitely yeah like a lot of a lot of people on youtube are definitely responsible for making games more popular than they deserve to be sometimes mm -hmm. i think especially something like five nights at freddy's like <laughs> what a series um right so one thing i also want to ask is has your relationship as either a performer or even just as a fan watching, has your relationship to wrestling changed much over COVID? Uh, at the beginning, it did. I think over the last like six months, um, I've like really got back into watching it like regularly and stuff. But when like the pandemic first hit, I spent the first like couple of weeks like absolutely hammering it because I think we were all under the impression that like it was wasn't going to last as long as it has. And then slowly and slowly, I was just like, oh, man, this is just making me sad because I want to wrestle. And then obviously we had like all the horrible stuff that happened uh, in regards to speaking out, which is uh, like it was really hard to see. Obviously, something that needed to happen because it's mm. hopefully cleaning up the industry for the better now. Um, but like then, you know, after that, I was like, right, I'm just <laughs> I'm just kind of disillusioned with the whole thing at the moment. And I didn't watch. I think I watched wrestling probably, or at least not like a full show for for a good like three months after that. At least I'd watch like clips here and there, and like like cool moves and stuff. Maybe like a match that I really liked, but yeah, it was. It's been a really like weird up and down relationship over the last year. But over the last like probably like five or six months, it's it's kind of getting back to where where it was now, which is which is nice. What was your I, I, yeah, I guess what was your motivation like with wrestling before this? Because I, I was thinking about this as well. A lot of people have said, oh, you know, it was great at first and then it dipped. But now that it feels like we're coming back, it's coming, you know, my motivation is dipping back up. But like, I think if I just, if I'd have wrestled the last year, 
You know, mm. I might have had a crap show in June and that might have bummed me out for another month. And then I would yeah. have had a great show in August and that would have got me excited. And, you know, so were you generally pretty optimistic within wrestling before that? Um, I think in, in life, I'm a, I'm a pretty a pretty bad pessimist, to be honest. Like, okay. um, like I'm not very optimistic on a lot of things. And I, I don't know if that's like intentional. So like if something does go wrong, I'm not so bummed about it. Or if like you know something goes right that I don't expect it to, then I can be really happy about it or whatever, you know. But like, um, I think coming up to like the start of the pandemic, I uh, now that I look back on it, especially where I am in terms of like motivation for my own like well-being now, um, I was under the impression I was working hard, but actually like realistically, I was probably a bit complacent about it because especially going off like my first year in wrestling I had such a like a successful first year in wrestling I probably definitely like started getting a bit lazy and things um and then uh, I think away from wrestling I was like super super into the gym and stuff so I think that kind of like helped me work a little bit harder in terms of like wrestling but I definitely wasn't like working as hard as i thought i was <laughs> mm. you know um and it's taken like a year off and actually like being forced to work hard at home for me to realize that and i think like uh motivationally is that a word motivationally yeah yeah motivation wise anyway uh, <laughs> um i was uh, always striving to try and get to places like you know progress and ott and like you know all the big names and stuff and it just like it was never clicking and i didn't understand why but like looking back on it now is like i had the like it's the slightly the wrong mindset into how i was like um treating my own body and like my own like wrestling training and stuff so uh yeah, I don't know if that even answered the question, to be honest. I feel like I ranted a bit Well, there, well but... no, you, you've led us perfectly into kind of why we're here today. Um, so you reached out because you specifically wanted to talk about weight loss and the transformation and stuff that you've had yeah. over yeah. COVID. Um, first of all, let's kind of, for anybody who doesn't know you or hasn't seen you in person, uh, give us the lay of the land. Where have you gone from? Where are you now? <laughs> okay, so uh, I've struggled like my whole life really i was like quite i was a little bit i was slimish as a teenager because i used to like skateboard a lot and stuff so i was like constantly moving as a kid you know um and then i like discovered music and the love for pizza and that kind of like went downhill and then i was like kind of dipping up and down but uh long story short when i started wrestling training i weighed uh 22 stone like which at the time I would have been like, oh, I'm not, you know, I don't feel like I'm that big of a guy, but like I look back on pictures now and I can't believe that like I let myself get to that state. Like I mm. saw a photo the other day and I look like the most miserable man on earth. And I don't ever remember like feeling like that, but I was obviously like in a, in a bad way, you know? Um, yeah, so I started like 20, 22 stone in weight when I started training. Um, uh, I started like actually going to the gym, like, uh, not as like not knowing what I was doing, but I was going with uh, Elijah, which helped a lot. Um, and I, I think I dropped like three stone within the first three months, hmm. um, and then I just hit a wall. So like I got stuck at like 19 stone for a long time, 
um and then it was like a like a year or two of just like yo-yo dieting and just like not knowing what i was doing and just like constantly like dipping up and dipping down like feeling really cool that i got lost like another stone and a half and then as soon as i went back to like not being on that like weird fad diet or whatever i'd be back up to where i was or even more sometimes you know mm. um and then eventually i uh like discovered the gym like properly properly and like fell in love with like powerlifting right Whenabouts is this? Ooh, uh, probably two and a half, three years ago now, maybe. Okay. Um, so like I started like, like actually like focusing on like my big compound lifts instead of just going in and like doing like a bunch of supplements and then going home, you know? Because mm. um, I, I, I never really like found any joy or good uh, like progress in that. Um, so once I started like getting into powerlifting and like actually like learning how to do these the big important functional lifts properly then i started like working out how to uh like deal with my diet properly and not have it be like a, a diet but like just more of a way of life you know and then that like made my commitment my motivation go go up for um like keeping on my eating keeping on my training uh in terms of like lifting and stuff um and now I think honestly, like as horrible and as bad as the lockdowns have been, it was a blessing for me because it was forced me to train in a different way and eat in a different way. Uh, and now I'm sitting around 14, 14 and a half stone. So I've dropped almost eight stone in weight over the last like few years. Nearly eight stone. Yeah, <laughs> it's wild to think about. It. I didn't think I had that much to lose. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. That is insane that's that's really mental um okay so wow nearly eight stone it's it's um hmm. it's it's hard to quantify sometimes you think you know you know people in your life that way like eight stone you know that's yeah right um, yeah I've, I've literally dropped like some of my friends in weight like <laughs> <laughs> so Bizarre. You mentioned that COVID was kind of this this blessing in disguise. Um, mm. I remember that you were really getting some good momentum in the lead up to that because you and I would see each other on shows all the time and yeah. it'd be like, how's things going with you? How's things going with you? Um, when COVID hit, did you realise that this would be a positive turning point or were you like, oh shit, the gyms are going to close. Like, oh man, this is, this is bad news for me. Yeah, it was like... Um... I think it was more, I, I, I wasn't even like thinking about like, oh man, all my bookings or anything like that. It was like, as soon as like the gym shut, I was like, right, I'm either going to maintain the weight I'm at now, uh, or uh, I'm going to end up getting to the same size that I was before. Because mm. like as much as like I've committed myself to like the lifting and like the eating right and eating clean and stuff, like I still have... Uh, a really bad relationship with food in terms of like how I deal with it psychologically you know mm. so I really had to like sit down and go right I need to find stuff immediately that I can work with and find new ways I can train at home so I can either lose more weight or stay where I am because I definitely don't want to get back to where I was especially like looking back on it I was so unhealthy you know mm. um, so it was like uh at, at the start of it, I was like really, really like worried and stressed because I knew exactly how I could be, you know. <laughs> so 
what in particular do you think you found helpful? Um, let, let's start with uh, let's start with pre-COVID. What, what did you find was your motivational ticket? I think the reason I fell in love with like powerlifting and stuff is because a it's it feels really really cool to lift heavy things and put them back down. Like I think I think that's the best. But like I actually had like a drive and like a motivational tool in uh, following like a program and it's a really simple the five by five program is like so super, super super simple but like every week i'd up my weight by like five kilos on certain lifts and stuff and i'd mm. always be chasing that and that was what drove me to keep going back consistently because i got to a point where i was like oh i don't feel like going to the gym today but then i'd be like oh if i don't go to the gym today then i miss a week and then i'm gonna fall back on my on my uh on my lifts and then you know i'm not potentially not gonna be able to lift more when it comes to like testing my strength and stuff and like that really kept me like going because i really wanted to do well in terms of like strength <laughs> uh i think that really helped a lot and then like i said earlier on because that drove me forward then i was like right i'm gonna do a little bit of research and have a chat with some friends about like how i can uh be in a in a calorie deficit but also like not mal malnutrition myself i guess is the word you know what i mean like 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 get the right nutrition in without eating too much for me to not have a, a the opposite effect of what i was trying to achieve you know mm. so covid hit i don't know exactly know how it happened in wales but uh mm. i'm guessing you guys went into lockdown same time that england did yes so the initially we were it was just the entire country was just uh, following uh, Boris Johnson's uh, rules, right? What a scary thought. Oh, my God. Terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. So um, gyms closed straight away for you guys as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything shut down at the same time, I think. Um, and that was, like, the worst. <laughs> like, the worst possible thing. Walk me through that first home workout. Oh, man. So it, there was a bit of a lead-up to that because I had absolutely nothing in the house luckily i had like a friend who uh just gave me like some uh like plastic weights in a bar and stuff which had so i had a little bit of weight there but i was like i got no dumbbells this is the worst so i found out that like uh at the time aldi were like selling like workout equipment and i think they still do so i was like oh man my town is like small so i don't know if it's our aldi's gonna have like anything there so i just ran up there before this is like i think a few days before they like shut like uh all the other shops and stuff too so i like literally like gunned it over there and i had to look through all the bins and i managed to find like two 10 kilogram like dumbbells they were selling for like 10 or each and i was like sick right mm. so i got them so then it was a case of like i haven't got enough weight to do any of my my compounds i don't have a bench i don't have like a rack or anything so i can't do proper like chest press so now i gotta like work out how i can um keep my heart rate up but also get like a good like burn and a good pump and things and it was basically just like absolutely stacking uh loads and loads of like com uh, accessory like movements together for the first couple of weeks until i worked out how i could uh <laughs> until i could do it properly <laughs> oh man it was like it was it was intense but i think i went i definitely went overboard like uh, in the beginning because i was so stressed about like gaining the weight again mm. Like, I was super, super stressed about it. Let me ask you this. Um, like, and we can get back into the, the actual practical and what you did and what you ate and all that kind of stuff. We'll definitely mm -hmm. get back into that. Where is... How can I put this? Um, what makes this so important to you? Um, <clears throat> see, so 
it's hard to pinpoint because like there's a couple of reasons for it like uh one like i mean at the very beginning it was like i need to be in better shape so i can wrestle and i can move and i can not get injured and stuff you know so even before before wrestling there there wasn't really a, i guess, I guess your, your priorities were just elsewhere they were on music and just having a good time and stuff on music and just eating lots of pizza man like, <laughs> <laughs> like it was like i i remember um my second year of uni and like i think i used to like order in like at least three or four times a week because i was like oh, i'll just get a chinese whatever mm. like i was like oh I'll, I'll only have this today and i'll be fine but like without realizing that like what i was ordering in was probably like three and a half thousand calories worth of food and i was just sitting around playing games all the time and not moving around and stuff mm. and like driving to uni instead of walking to uni and things so i just was burning that off and i was just gaining weight and gaining weight and gaining weight and things so then when you started wrestling was it more was it more the pressure of like, oh man, when I get on shows, I'm gonna need to look good, or was it more like I want to be able to move better? Um, it was a bit of both, I think. Um, and on top of that as well, it's really hard. Like, I mean, when you go to your first training session, it's really intimidating, anyway. You know, because mm. you don't know what to expect, you don't know anybody there. Like, luckily, um, uh, myself and Elijah started on the same day. Like, I approached him and I was like, "Do you want to try this out?" And he was like, "Yes." Uh, and we we went at the same day because we went to uni together and stuff. Cool. And, um, so luckily, like we had each other to like kind of keep each other a bit more calm. Um, but like walking in and seeing like the shape that some of these people were in, and I was like a ball of a human being <laughs> at the time and stuff. And I was like, oh man. So there was a lot of like not only for me just to get moving and like I was like I need to to work out. Um, just to get in a better shape but i was like i need to try and look as as good as i can for the time for if i ever debut or whatever you know because mm. i didn't know what at the time what my look was going to be what my character was going to be like what my gear was going to look like um i mean ultimately i've like pretty much worn head to toe uh uh gear since day one mm. um but yeah, it was it was mostly at the time it was like I just need to be able to move <laughs> mm. and like not uh, not sweat from doing like a squat, you know. And there were these like I guess kind of small intricacies in wrestling that you notice when you're a bigger guy as well. So like yeah. um like a like a sacrifice when we first started training years ago. Twister, who's like five foot five. Whenever mm. somebody's got a move to try, it's like, oh, hey, come here, Twister. Let me grab you. Let me try this move real quick. And you start to notice that, oh, no one's ever trying their move on me. Yeah, yeah. I think I had like the the opposite of that though, because I think like because I was heavier, I think a lot more people wanted to see if they could hit their stuff on me. Right. Because um, if they could hit it on me, they could probably hit it on most people, you know. Mm. So and I was like, kind of sorry, on. carry on. No, you uh, please. I was I was uh, kind of grateful for it because it meant that like I had a I got a lot of extra like training experience in terms <laughs> of just like taking moves mm. and like learning how to like keep myself safe and make it like safer you know just safe as possible so no one died really um, so that was like kind of a, a bit of a bonus but at the same time I was also kind of like man I wish I wasn't like the person <laughs> that everybody wanted to like hit their stuff on in training purely just because i'm like heavier like i understood why because it is important to be able to hit your stuff on everybody clean you know mm. um but it was kind of like 
it did kind of make me realize that I needed to sort it out as well as like all of my other like issues of how I looked you know what I mean so it was like a blessing in disguise that you got this kind of extra ring work but it's not for the best reason in the world yeah I mean it's you know what I mean it was never like uh it wasn't like a malicious thing on anybody's behalf you know because mm. <clears throat> even when like um like when when we learn like new moves away from like training if we manage to get like ring time somewhere you always do it on everybody that you're with because everybody weighs different everybody's a different body shape you know mm. it's important to be able to do it on on any person as you know because you, know, you need to make sure that it, it's safe so um it was just like one of those things where i was like it just made me kind of wake up a bit and realize that all right there's a reason this this is this is happening um so i need to not so much stop it from happening but i need to get in a better shape so it's it just makes it easier for everyone as well you know mm. how long have you been wrestling now uh i well, think since that first session i guess first session i think beginning of august will be six years yeah, six years at the beginning of August. So that's nearly eight stone in that six-year period. Yeah. If somebody had come to you in that first session and said, you're going to look like this, um, you're going to weigh this much, you're going to wrestle on progress, what do you think that guy would have said? Uh, I would have I would have told him to piss off, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I wouldn't have believed him at all because I'd struggled and failed so many times at that point in my life anyway. I'd have been like, nah, man, that ain't going to happen. Like, yeah, it was... It was I mean, like, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 no. It, I'm, I'm totally with you. Um, yeah, for those who aren't in the know, I, I guess me and you are are very much alike in this route, and and mm. I guess that's why we would talk on these shows, like, how's yours going? How's yours going? And yeah, um, yeah, in the in the same vein. When I started, uh, since the day that I've started, I've always wrestled with like head to toe, something on my top half. Yeah. something that I've worked on. I've lost three stone uh, over COVID. Um, That's sick. Thank you, man. Um, and we'll talk about ring work and, and stuff like that and, and how that works um, later on. Um, in terms of in terms of the look, what's your dream? In your in your mind, what's the goal? Is is the look even part of the goal? Um, I mean, it is now. I think because I'm, I'm I feel like I'm getting so close to not even so much like the end, but like I'm getting so close to where I want to be. Um, like ultimately the goal is to just like just wrestle shirtless man as simple as that sounds and as as common as that is like I just want to wrestle shirtless I did like some uh, camp shows obviously not last year because last year was shut down but the year before and like I tried it out then and I was like three stone heavier than I am now and it was like it was okay but I wasn't comfortable or happy with it you know um so I definitely wouldn't be doing that at like the places I'd regularly work. Uh, especially so, now I'm not like wearing like the waistcoat and stuff. I feel like when I was doing the waistcoat thing, that was like an actual uh, like look, you know. Mm. Um, whereas now it's like I got like the cool little cut off that I wear and things. But ultimately, I think I could either be with it or without it. I don't think it would matter, you know. So it, it's almost like you've kind of. Instead of on day one being like, I want an eight pack, you've kind of one gold at a time. And now mm. it's like, okay, well, now it's only, you know, two benchmarks away instead of fucking 50 benchmarks away. Yeah, like that's that's the thing. Like, like I mean, I, like I asked to do this to you, not as like a, like a, an exercise in my own like ego or vanity or anything. I was kind of hoping that like us just talking about it, we could maybe help 
it click with some people who are also struggling with it or have mm. struggled with it and things you know because it, it is like everybody's different and it is everybody's journey in it is different it is really hard to like um get across but i think the the one common thing in everyone is literally just taking it like a step at a time and celebrate the the little victories and mm. try not to get like disheartened when you know you weigh one day and you're like three pounds light uh, and then the next day it's back on because like through reading up and research and stuff that could purely just be down to like water retention or you had a bit of extra salt the day before so you're retaining more water you know because your body weight can fluctuate between three or four pounds a day sometimes mm. um it's really important to just take that like weekly net average uh as opposed to just like a day-to-day thing it's funny you say that. I was just uh, on the last episode. I or one of the last episodes. I checked to Cy Gregory, and mm. big old Cy. We love a bit of Cy. Love a and, bit of Cy. Um, and he was talking about how he's reconsidered his life balance over the last year, and how yeah. it used to be in every twenty-four hour period, he'd have to give enough time to wrestling, enough time to his job, and enough time to his family. But now lockdown has almost made him think. Well, do you know what? I don't have to do that. I could give my family all of Monday and Tuesday can be all wrestling and then my job can be all Wednesday and I it's more about how it spreads out over that week and I think yeah if you think of weight and you think of training like well I failed Tuesday well all right but you've smashed the red the whole rest of the week that's still a pretty damn good average yeah yeah exactly like I think it's really important to to, to focus on the baby steps and the the small losses because they all add up to a really big loss like i mean i think the amount of weight i've lost is equates to over like 100 pounds now which is just wild to me mm. i can't believe that i ever weighed like over <coughs> uh over like 300 and something whatever it was at the time i don't know what uh, it equates to in 22 stone but mm. like um it just blows my mind man because it, it 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 comes off uh as as much as it goes on if that makes sense like you de- you never see it you never notice it creeping on until it's too late you know yeah um but obviously then when you're trying to lose weight because you're actively watching it it feels like such such a, a longer process because you're just like watching the scale or like you're getting like impatient because you're not losing weight as fast as you want to or or you're not looking the way you want to do and it's really important to like bear in mind that when you do drop like a pound or two pounds or something that that weight isn't being dropped from like your stomach or your chest or your arms it's, that's and in your entire body it's being yeah. it's being pulled from you know um so sometimes you won't see a difference but it's really important to just keep pushing at it because eventually it'll add up and you and you, you will see a difference I, there was a part in the last year where uh i was feeling pretty low and a friend mm. of mine said, oh, do you think it's because you're so focused on this weight loss thing? And I was like, no, not at all. If anything, that has been my only big guiding light because it's something that I'm working on with my own hands and seeing results. Because at the end of the day, if you work really hard, you will get results in anything in life. And it's, if anything, that was the the shining light that I can work hard at something and it yeah. will give me my results yeah yeah exactly it is like if you can get into that mindset and like i I wouldn't even say stick at it because you're always there's always going to be setbacks Mm. like i like i've gained a bit of weight back just from the gyms being closed over the last like three months you know and i'm i'm fine with it because i know that once the gym's open again i'm i'm gonna be able to get back into it and chase i will literally just chase my strength and the weight loss will come along with it you know Mm. um 
yeah it's just it's just important to try not to allow yourself to get knocked back and again like you said it's, it, it can be a shining light especially like in times like these like a global pandemic which i never thought we'd see in our lifetime like at all no it's absolutely insane um it's definitely something that's like helped me keep keep my uh my brain together somewhat you know what has been how can i word this what has been your biggest i guess threat to your success in that time period over the pandemic yeah or, or um, actually no in just in just your weight loss and your training in general uh the biggest man the biggest threat is literally the gyms opening and closing all the time for me uh personally anyway because like you get you get so you get back into that rhythm of going and mm. you get so so into like being there and being around the atmosphere that as soon as it gets taken away from you you feel so deflated and the motivation just kind of drops because the it's not the same at home like i don't care what the government thinks working out at home is compared to working out in a gym is it is not the same even if you've got like all the equipment in the world the atmosphere isn't the same mm. you don't have the same people around you motivating you and keeping you going like especially if you're you're a member of like a niche little like powerlifting gym or like a bodybuilding gym or something everybody is so like helpful and um they're just they're just willing to like give you advice and like the spot you lift if they need to and like you know really help you out and stuff um, and you'd you'd lose that as soon as you're stuck at home again. Um, it's so it's, it's just, yeah. So it's not even the exercise itself. It's what it does to your your enthusiasm. Yeah, it's like a, a, this is why it's uh, such a strong argument in regards to like mental health as well. Because not only is like I know we got to like socially distance at the moment, but it's still like a small amount of human contact that isn't just like your your loved ones or like your relatives and stuff which is you know i've been extremely lucky to be able to like like even though i'm a 30 year old man living at home like the last year has been like a blessing for that because i've been able to see my my parents the, whole, the entire time and my brother and stuff and i know a lot of my friends haven't been able to do that and it's awful but like when the gyms are open they at least had they're at least around different people you know and that really like helps i think just in terms of just like your mental health because at the end of the day like as much as much as i i genuinely dislike the general public <laughs> um <laughs> as much as I, as much as i feel that way being around like strangers who are also there with the same goals mm. the same mindset it really it does help you know As, and i think it's just really important that that they they should get those gyms back open especially in terms of like uh coronavirus and stuff when they're saying that like being out of shape could put you at more of a risk like it's a no-brainer really definitely um it's funny actually i, I remember seeing a, a clip a few years ago floyd mayweather always like his gym built mm. into his house uh it's got one entrance for the public and then there's these bleach bleachers that you can go and just sit in and yeah. he only trains with an audience because for the same reason that like you're in the gym and you're lifting a weight and you're doing a right and then like a fit girl comes and trains next to you and you're like right we'll put let's put another two plates on there like <laughs> that's literally his mind state he's always training as if there's like cameramen like filming at all times and stuff yeah no that makes a lot of sense especially for someone at his level as well mm. but you you talk about like threats and uh, and that detriment to it for me personally i've found that i I was kind of dreading it when COVID hit as well, but only because for so many years of my life, I've always said, oh, if I could really like, really control my life, 
it'd be, you know what I mean? It'd be a layup. Mm. I'd be able to do it here because I'd be able to control my, you know, what I eat and I could be able to have enough time to train and not be tired from work and stuff like that. Yeah. And as soon as I started working from home, it was like, balls in your court now, son. You yeah, actually have to, you got to pay up. Yeah, it's mad. It, it's such a, such a big difference. Because like, when you're at home, you obviously don't have the same equipment that's elsewhere. So you really, sometimes you've just got to do the same exercises over and over and over again. And it mm. gets so, it gets so boring. Whereas like a gym, you can be like, okay, I'm going to do this this week. I'm going to do this next week to switch it up because that'll work different parts of my body. Or I just want to mix it up because I'm bored of doing, you know, dumbbell flies or whatever. Um, yeah, when it, when it's put on you in your house, it, it gets really hard to stay motivated by the means of like creativity because there's just not enough resources. <laughs> Oh, oh! Don't get me wrong. Like, I've been s- slowly building the living room collection the same way you have. Like, yeah, <laughs> to the to the point where like I've been practicing like headstands because I'm I'm trying to learn how to like handstand at the minute. Mm. And now my living room is becoming more of a threat that if I fall over, I'll definitely hit something hard like a dumbbell or like <laughs> or a bar or something sticking out. Um, but on that note of like training at home, two things that have definitely helped me is I've been training with uh, Tom Dawkins or Cara Noir's Reset Lab. And yeah. They do YouTube videos and they like, I think they were live once a week. Um, and they do some, they do some nut stuff. I said it to him the other day, actually. The one thing he always does is he goes, this next exercise is going to be very, very hard. And he says it before every fucking exercise. Mm. And then he goes, I want you to touch your eyebrow and think about squares. And then you do it and you're like, ah, my calf. And uh, <laughs> he's an alien. I don't understand it. He's a Martian. Um, man, the way that man's brain works and his knowledge of just like the human body, absolutely like it, it blows my mind. Like, there, it really does. There have been times where we've had like a weekly session or something like that and we're working on something. Because uh, I started training with him to rehab my shoulder. Yeah. Um, and I would be like, oh, mate, I'm sorry. I'll have to cancel this week because I don't know. I've hurt my back. And he's like, no, come in. We'll fix that too. And then at the end of it, I'm fine. <laughs> so what a full-on space Martian that man is. Um, <laughs> space Martian. The, the other thing is I have found uh, I found a lot of time for YouTube workouts. Yeah, um, yeah. So I bought like, uh, you'd, you'd probably love one of these if you don't already have one. Have you seen the dumbbells where you put it in the little stand and you just move the little clicker and it adds an extra plate to it oh you got adjustable dumbbells yeah oh man i'm jealous of that that's cool i had to look for ages mate because they were selling out quick but um they're really expensive too <laughs> i think I got, I got one that goes up to like 15 kilograms and i think mm. there's about 110 quid yeah that's that's quite pricey isn't it? a little bit if you want to like get a, a set with like more weight than that as well, you're looking at like because I remember looking for them initially and they were like going for like 450, mm. 500 pound at the time. Well, it it comes from YouTube really. That's the only way I thought about it because um, friend of Markiplier and Jack Septicai, I saw a video mm. of um. Do you see PewDiePie got jacked? Yeah, man. <laughs> what the hell, man? Came out of nowhere, right? Yeah, his missus just put up a picture of him like doing something in the garden, and everyone was like, "Yo, hold on a minute." But yeah. He, he said that um, he became the biggest YouTuber in the world just by uploading every day for like 10 years. So he was like, well, you can only try that with exercise. And then he just smashed that as well. But he did a, like, all his fans were asking him to do like a gym tour. 
and mm. he goes okay finally here's the gym tour and he just goes into his garage and for a millionaire it's like the most dusty ugly looking little garage nothing literally nothing in it besides a bench and then one of those adjustable dumbbells that goes up to like 50 kilograms yeah so it's just two of them and it's really wide because it's like every fucking plate on the end of it but that's it that's mad he must be doing like bare body weight and cardio as well to be because he's like not easy jack but he's like pretty shredded as well right yeah he was always skinny he was always a, yeah. a thin guy but he's packed it on man he looks good Man, it's class. That's really cool. Um, right. Do you think talking about all this stuff on the podcast, and sometimes, I'll be honest, sometimes on this I find the most interesting stuff when we do kind of bridge into like therapy territory. Mm-hmm. Um, how does it feel for you? And, and you know, in wrestling, we, we, we're trying to put ourselves on a pedestal, right? We're trying to yeah. say, hey, I'm the entertainment. Hey, you should pay money to come and see me perform. I'm the art. <laughs> right how does it feel knowing that you know fans and peers and stuff listen to this stuff um how does it feel to share this kind of vulnerability um it's weird man because like i've always like struggled with like my mental health and stuff since i was young you know and my uh go-to way of dealing with that is to just not talk about it (laughs) yeah um so like I don't mind so much when it comes to like talking about weight loss and stuff. I'm happy to be like open about that. I'm not the type of guy to be like posting all my workouts online and like posting progression pictures and stuff though. I probably will tweet a comparison photo if I can find a good enough one after this goes out. But like um Yeah, I don't know. It's it's strange. Like I'm not very, I'm not used to being uh the guy that talks about his issues. I'm I've always, even since I was like 14, even roughly, like I've always been the the person in the friend group that just helps other people with their problems, you know, mm. which I, I feel like in turn uh, has probably had like a negative effect on me in, in the long run because I've been taking on the weight of other people's like issues and pushing mine to the back of my brain, you know, mm. and then eventually it just like it creeps up and absolutely shafts you which I'm sure a lot of other people can probably understand and relate to as well, because I, I imagine a lot of people do that. What you've described, I've always called Superman syndrome. Right. And it's the idea that, like, you could have a fucking gunshot wound in your chest, but you look over and you see a mate with a paper clip, with a, a paper cut, and you're like, oh my God, can I help you out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I've, I've done that. Um, I've done it a lot in the past as well. I'll always like try and help others over myself. I think um, I don't know why. I think it's just easier for me to give advice to people and like listen to people as opposed to like trying to listen to other people's advice and allow them to help me. I think I'm not willing for people to, to help me in a way. If that makes any sense, I don't mm. know why. Well, I can imagine this conversation in particular is going to help a lot of people. Um, I- yeah, I hope so. Like, I don't know if uh, if anything I've said is of any help to be honest. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> no, definitely, my friend, definitely. What has your what has your progression so far done for your confidence? Um, it's weird, man, because like I definitely suffer with like body dysmorphia. Mm. Um, like my confidence in terms of like how I, if I look at myself in the mirror, I definitely a hundred percent still see myself as the same shape that I was when I was 
22 stone, right? Yeah. Um, with the added second lot of body dysmorphia now where I feel like I look too small but too big at the same time, if that makes sense, because obviously I got into like lifting and stuff and I'm like, I want to I want to be more built, you know? Mm. Um, until the only time I ever like see like actual difference in myself is when I see like photos of myself back or I catch like a glimpse of myself on like a zoom call or something mm. and then I'll go off oh, fucking hell like I have actually like done all right here you know like when when the the photos came back from like progress and when I watched my match back from progress and stuff I was like oh wow okay fair enough I can actually like see a difference even though I had to go through the whole like effort of going to a seamstress to get like my gear pulled in like two inches on each side and stuff I still my brain still wouldn't accept wow. that I'd like done what I've done you know if I look in the mirror I'm just like man I'm still big I need to lose like a lot more weight I reckon I've still got a good like stone and a half two stone to lose before I can like actually focus on like a bulk you know safely anyway um I mean yeah, in context though I mean how how many years of your life were you 22 stone Oh man, uh, it's hard to remember. Um, I reckon I was probably uh, see at that point when I hit that weight, I was I think I was steadily increasing. Um, so I was probably in like the nineteen and a half to twenty-two stone range for a good like two or three years, I would say, two years at the very least. And so, how long have you weighed what you do now? Uh, I hit the weight that I am now. Um, at the end of the first lockdown and then i actually started being able to lift heavy again so it's been like dipping up and down just due to like gains mm. and weight loss and stuff um so probably like coming up to just under a year i guess well this is it it's going to take a while to kind of paint over that old image in your head but yeah that said, i'm a complete fucking hypocrite because i do the exact same mate um yeah I, I, it's, it, it's like you'll always be in your head you'll always be like a fucking chubby little 15 year old mm. I think I could, I genuinely think I could be like shredded and look at myself in the mirror and be like I'm, I'm still huge yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's weird man it's so weird how like how you perceive yourself when you like just looking in the mirror with your own eyes you know mm. it's bizarre but, it is bizarre but you've, you've perfectly put it there it's when you start actually calculating with numbers and when you have real facts and that do things like I, yeah. I said to my partner the other week i said like it doesn't feel like i've lost any weight and she was like you've added two holes to your belt dickhead like yeah right like it's fucking maths yeah <laughs> math and math don't lie <laughs> yeah yeah that's the thing is like i because obviously like through the throughout the whole like just learning experience of it like i've never like hired a pt or anything i've always kind of just like researched it online or i've like asked advice from like friends so like nico angelo and elijah because they're both like in great shape nico used to compete in powerlifting so he's been like an absolute beacon of uh of knowledge for me you know and mm. then obviously speaking to guys like sai as well and just being like you know just like picking picking brains a very small amount of time just to add to like what i already know and things mm. um so but like one of the things i know that sai has said a lot he's like you can't focus on on the scales right you gotta like go off how you look which is like i i completely understand that because i know how much it can fluctuate mm. but because obviously like <laughs> I, I i got this whole body dysmorphia gimmick going on i i have to like look at the scales mm. i guess the only way i can like perceive like my progress because if i just looked in the mirror like i would be like i'm not i'm not going anywhere you know mm. um 
it's a big reason why I like whenever people like take gym pictures and stuff a lot and like on my on like my private Instagram and stuff I like after gym sessions when the gyms are open the only thing I would ever post would be like my legs because I know I've got a decent set of pins on me like mm. <laughs> um, uh, but like I would never go shirtless or anything like no chance because I am nowhere near where I want to be and like on top of like that huge amount of weight loss as well I gotta now deal with the consequences of absolutely definitely having loose skin like and that is just a part of allowing myself to get to the size that i was i think i'm going to be quite lucky in terms of the amount of, of loose skin that i have sorry if this is like coming off a bit gross but like it's just a part of it you know it's a part mm. that i got to accept and a part that i need to like learn to love i guess in in terms like i mean who knows like maybe eventually if i get to where i want to be and and there's enough of it i i, I might save up and get the surgery to get it lopped off you know but like it is definitely a thing that i i'm slowly accepting that is going it's going to be there and that's kind of like a hard thing then because you you get to the point you're like you're like fuck yeah i've lost all this weight i'm finally at the point where i want to be but then you have to live with the the the, the damage it's like a scar effectively you know mm. and that's like that's going to be hard to deal with when I hit that point, I think, because I'll be like, yeah, I might end up getting to a point where I'm like, yeah, sick. I like what I see in the mirror, but I absolutely hate all this fucking loose stuff that is around my midsection now. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm just trying to like mentally prepare myself for whenever that moment comes, you know, because I know that that's going to be like a really tough thing to deal with. At the same time, I think you're really underselling these positives. Yeah. Um, so people are noticing how much work that you've put in and how much you've done um i think part of that work part of that work is being recognized and that's why you've made it onto progress wrestling um talk to me about some of the positives um since this weight loss so obviously you got in the ring there uh, you had a little bit of practice here and there but you got in the ring there uh, against big guns joe did it feel did the movement feel different did you feel like you wrestled any different at all um it's a weird one man because like what this has happened to me once before when i initially like go into lifting and i dropped a bunch of weight really fast and i got stronger so like because obviously we haven't been like wrestling on the reg whilst whilst uh all this has been happening to my body Mm. um getting back in to uh, the ring in terms of like either wrestling a match or like training or whatever is really bizarre in terms of like my body is lighter but I'm a lot stronger now like I'm so much stronger than That's I was very strange yeah so like when it comes to stuff like um when it comes to like normal stuff like hitting moves or like running or whatever that's fine you know the biggest the biggest thing that I've noticed and the biggest thing that I'm struggling to literally like control at the moment is uh jumping up in the air because mm. like I'm still giving it as much force as I would have given it like a year and a half ago when I was like three four stone heavier you know mm. so now when I jump I'm either jumping I'm just jumping too much and it's terrifying sometimes <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it's really weird not being able to like I'm really like I I'm normally pretty good at like placing myself when I've got to like jump onto things and now it's like really weird giving it too much oomph mm. and that's like that's like something that is is only going to come when uh, I'm able to wrestle more regularly, I guess, because there's no way I can. There's no way I can train that away from being in a ring. You know? Yeah, it's very bizarre. 
<laughs> but, but other than that, everything else feels everything else feels pretty normal, to be honest. That is uh, a very good caliber of problem to have. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, any problem not... you can have after that period of time, that's not bad. Hey, yeah, I can jump higher now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Neville, chill out. Neville, we're using his government name. Um, government name. Government name. Um, I think a lot of what you talked about here today. Um, people are going to be really inspired by and people are going to really take things from but if you could give me uh, three is a nice number if you could give me three bits of advice for anybody out there listening who thinks it might be too late to give this a go but you know that it's not what would you say to them I mean first of all this isn't one of the, the three points it's never too late to start I don't I don't care how heavy someone is or how old they are or like if they got bad joints or anything there is definitely like a way a comfortable way to get moving and to um to start that process you know mm. I think um one piece of advice I would give is definitely finding a form of exercise that you absolutely love and that you fall in love with like I am not um I'm not a cardio guy I'm not a crossfit guy at all um like I, it took me so long to discover something like powerlifting, and that's where I get my my serotonin from. Basically, is like lifting heavy, like that's what makes me feel good in the gym. That's what makes me feel motivated. So I think it's really important to branch out and try loads of like different forms of working out, and eventually you land on something that just clicks, you know. Mm. And I think that's that's what keeps you going. So that would be like the first thing that I would say. The second one is like is a really important one, I think, and that's just like you gotta. For, for a few weeks at least you're gonna have to force yourself into trying to do it almost every day of the week like even if you do you do one workout on the first day and the next day you're super sore it's like super sore sorry you still gotta do it because you have to uh develop that habit hmm. um and that's a really that's a really important part of it is actually having the habit because eventually like you'll get to a point where you'll have like a rest day and you'll feel like weird for not training and that's that's when that's when you know you're in, in a good place with it you know when you're not you but you still have to allow yourself rest days otherwise you get hurt you know mm. um and then i think the last one is like literally if you've got like anyone in your life who is into their fitness or they know what they're talking about like rely on them you know ask them for advice do your own research online as well sometimes i'm i'm the worst for it because i'm pretty sure i've got like undiagnosed adhd so like reading through like a lot of information i really struggle with sometimes but like doing your own research, even if it's like a little bit at a time and just like noting down things that you think is interesting or noting down things you think is good for you is very important. Like nutrition doesn't have to be complicated either. Like it can be as simple as uh, calories in, calories out. Like you burn off more calories than you eat in per day, you're going to lose weight. As long as like your water intake's high and your protein intake's high, you're going to be in a pretty good place when it comes to that, you know. Mm. Um, but like just asking friends for advice and any information if you've got those kind of people in your life is is super important and it helps a lot I think and if you don't have those people in your life then YouTube's a click away and there's a ton of information that's easy to digest on YouTube and it doesn't like like I said it doesn't have to be that complicated because um, if it if it if it had been too complicated for me I definitely wouldn't have been able to to latch on to it and uh and keep up with it like i think one of the main things i've tried to do is to just keep everything as simple and as easy for my own brain to digest and understand and that just that just helped me you know 
Three cracking pieces of advice there. Would I you? hope that helps a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, and the last thing I want to ask you today, mister, is uh, we are recording this right at the very end of March in yes. 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, on this podcast, we love keeping accountable. We love progression which is something that you've obviously grown to love over this time period yeah uh in any aspect of life any aspect whatsoever can you give me three goals for the next year that we could then maybe come and check in on you can come back on the pod next year okay uh so i'll tell you my my main goal at the moment now is to start wrestling shirtless that won't happen for a while i will tell you that much right now (laughs) but that is like that was that is like the goal that I've been thinking of recently is like getting a cool a cool coat to walk to the ring in and then taking it off and and my boobies are out. That's all I want to do. <laughs> and then some somebody loses the coat and then uh, then I'm furious and I start yeah. I start wrestling in like a full tuxedo or something. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> um, I think that um is like my main one. Mm. Um, I really really I was so close to it before the gym shut three months ago, but I'm. I really want to squat 200 kilos. I want to deadlift about 230, and I want to bench. I actually hit my bench goal the other day because I'm lucky enough to have enough weight at home to be able to do it. But now my wow. new bench goal is I want to bench 120. I, at the moment, my PB is 105, so I think I can get there. Bench is scary, though. Mm. Um, and then the last one is literally just, man, I just want to see my, see my friends and family and just enjoy life a bit more <laughs> and just like hang out and have a nice time you know what are you gonna do for fun outside of wrestling what are you gonna do oh man i'm just gonna keep on playing video games i absolutely love video games oh i mean when you see your friends <laughs> when i ignore them and play video games <laughs> come around and watch now nah, i just like honestly whenever i see like elijah or nico because they're like two of my best friends i will say that outright they are two of my best friends um whenever i see them we tend to either just like get a coffee and walk around and that's always the best because we just shoot the shit mm. or we'll go to the gym and just push each other and it's great like it's so motivating um like i am happy doing something as simple as that you know i think a big part of um i think a big part of any lapses in motivation over the last year is because you've got ha- friends that are too fucking handsome yeah they are they are ridiculously good looking, you know. There's like a pound of body fat between the two of them. What the hell, man? Oh, man. On- honestly. <laughs> like, uh, Elijah's been doing a bulk, right? He looks incredible. Oh. Um, and uh, the other day he was like, oh, yeah, I think, uh, I think I'm getting fat, boys. And I looked at him and I was like, I can see 32 abs. What do you want <laughs> about <laughs> And that's just in your head. Yeah, that's just, that's just in your head, mate. <laughs> That doesn't nah, it, I, it drives you mental. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, but I totally understand. Like, he's uh, this is like the first time he's had like a, a like a really really successful bulk, and uh, so he's just kind of he's just not used to like seeing his his body the way it is. So I, I get it. Like, but he's just in ridiculously good shape, and I think he's got absolutely nothing to worry about. Mm. Same for uh, same for Nico as well. They're both just like super hard working guys, super cool guys. Like, I think they uh, they both deserve the world to be honest. And same for you, mate. You've worked bloody hard, and uh, Thank you, you deserve the progress that you've got, and and, uh, and and more to come. So there's three goals, right? Tits out for LK Mesinger, um, <laughs> bench press party, and uh, and get a coffee with uh, with get fat, a coffee with the boys with uh, with Fat Elijah and Papa Bless. 
<laughs> Man, we'll we'll, uh, we'll make sure we'll get like fruit bags or something next time we're at Watford Gap at half two in the morning. Oh my god, we should just prepare an entire fruit basket. <laughs> And just have like and just have like a really professional meeting. Yeah, man. Oh man. LK Mezinger, thanks so much for joining me, brother. Thank you very much for having me, Hustle Malone. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at LK Mezinger, which is L K M E Z I N G E R. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram under the uh, same name, uh, same spelling. Uh, and uh, I've also I got a I got a Facebook page, but Facebook's Facebook's dead. I don't use it. But you can you can like it if you want to. You'll just I think the last post was an MV I posted in 2019. So get, feel free to watch it. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty much where you can find me. Let's all blow up that MV. Let's all, oh my god, let's make it try. Only on Facebook too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm huge on Facebook these days. <laughs> okay, Mezger, thanks so much, man. Thank you, man. Really appreciate it.